0: If it's a property that looks like a good option, you know, it's not something to really think about, you know, don't don't sleep on it. Uh, You can think about it during the inspection, you know, when we go to the properties, we got to write on them right away.
1: Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hey, our sponsor for the show today is Pine Financial Group, the leader in hard money lending in Colorado and Minnesota, and they were recently approved to offer their investment publicly. This investment offers only for investors in Colorado and Minnesota and is only made through their investment prospectus. Get your copy today. Simply visit www.pineinvestments.com and click to get started. Look, there's a reason why some of the wealthiest people in history invest in loans backed by real estate. Learn more about the risks and returns at www.pineinvestments.com. All right, well, let's dig into today's topic a little bit. So we're just going to continue our apartment investing series, and uh, you want to take it off, John?
0: Sure. Yes. Yeah. So... Um... What we're going to talk about today is just the different um, aspects of syndicating a deal and and first of all why would we again syndicate we've touched on this a little bit in the past but but now let's focus in a little bit deeper why would we want to syndicate uh, a purchase of a property versus buying it some other way so
1: Well, um, you know, the short answer to that is do you have $5 million or whatever sitting in the bank? You know, if the answer is no, well, then how are you going to purchase that property? What are you going to do? So you've got to figure out how to get the money, right? Or or just don't purchase the building, Uh, which is fine too, you know, so, so... syndication just it's not for everyone you know everybody doesn't have to be a syndicator And i wouldn't i wouldn't expect everybody to want to become a syndicator uh so you have to decide if it's something that works for you and works for your business cuz it truly syndication is another business um and it's not just it's not just playtime if you're going to syndicate you know you you're dealing with other people's hard earned dollars and it's yeah, you should be taking a bank loan seriously as well, but I would say you need to take it extremely, extremely seriously if you're going to be raising private funds. So, so the short answer is, you you syndicate to to raise that down payment. So, for, if we got a purchase and we need to raise, let's say, five million dollars um, for the purchase uh, equity, uh, so the down payment um, for the reserve fund that we're going to have because we want to be able to cover, you know, about seven to nine months worth of uh, mortgage payments. Um, we also want to be able to cover some, um, our, all of our closing expenses and all of our financing expenses. So, So we have to, get that money somehow. And so, so yeah, doing a syndication is a powerful tool to be able to get that money. Um, you know, you could also do, there's other ways you, you could partner. You know, if, if I knew, for instance, John, uh, maybe I have uh, $2 million sitting in my bank and I think you have a couple million dollars and maybe, you know, our uh, one of our mutual friends has a few million dollars and we all want to pool our money together and go in on this building. That'd be a great way to do it as well. Um, now, when you do that, you still have to be careful and make sure that you're not doing a syndication because, John, if, if I say, hey, John, do you want to come into this building with me and, and let's have uh, our, our friend Frank, he can come in with us too and we'll form a three-way partnership here and we'll get this deal done. But if, if, John, if you're not active and if Frank's not active and if I'm the only one doing anything and I'm making all the decisions, I go, you guys just sit back and put your feet up and I'll just give you checks every month. Well, that's really a syndication i just i just did a syndication even if it's my family members people get confused they think oh because it's family because it's close friends we really don't have to worry about the sec well i got news for you you do you want to make sure that what you're doing you're doing it right. So, if you're going to be a partnership, it's a true partnership where John, you make decisions, Frank makes decisions, I make decisions. We all collaborate together to make the decisions to make sure the property runs, and we all have our own tasks. So, uh, but that's a way to do it. And the other way would be to uh, get some seller financing. So, maybe you can convince the seller to give you financing. And now, only uh, instead of five million, now you got to come up with, let's say, two million. Um, that's still a lot of money, but maybe you've got that. Um, so, so that would be another way to do it. Um, you know, the, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, s- selling an asset of course, uh, which is your own money still, but doing a 1031 exchange, uh, be another great way. So, yeah. Or yeah. buying a smaller property that you can actually handle.
0: Sure. Yep. And so with this model of using other people's money and them being pretty passive and you being the active, uh, you know, business operator. um, Can you kind of touch on how is this similar or different from a real estate investment trust or REIT?
1: Well, so a real estate investment trust or REIT is uh, essentially, you know, it's a, it's a stock, right? You're, you're not buying a building. uh, You're buying part of a business. So you're getting shares of that company. So if that company uh, does really well. You do well. If that company does poorly. Your your shares do poorly. Uh, but you're not getting necessarily a dividend and a return on that particular property. You're not sharing in the equity necessarily of the property. Um, your it, your investment is based on how that company is doing, and it's based on the market too. It's based on the market emotions, or the up and up and down emotions that we all know happens in the stock market look at just a few weeks ago or maybe it was a month ago already but we are having these wild mood swings in the stock market and I don't even know what they're for maybe maybe somebody does but it's like there's these mood swings that happen and that's what the REIT's going to be when I've got a, a syndication that I'm offering to other people it's got Uh, maybe it does have mood swings because we still have markets, but it doesn't have the wild mood swings of the stock market. You know, it's got some, uh, we're maybe making a little less income this month or a little bit more income this month because of some performance things, but it's based on the property, your equity, you've got equity in that property versus a share in a company.
0: Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, within a syndication, who are the different players and, and people involved
1: yeah so you've got you've got a couple um, main players okay so first of all you've got your general partner or your sponsor and there might be more than one uh, but your general partners slash sponsor is going to be the company that's you know the main person or the main company. Uh, They're going to be the ones finding the deals. They're going to be the ones, you know, finding, figuring out the market, picking the the sub market, all that kind of stuff. And then they're going to be dealing with the brokers and property managers and all that kind of stuff. So they're going to be essentially the ringleader, right? The ones that put everything together the ones that make sure the due diligence is done properly, the one that makes sure the financing is done properly, the ones that make sure the syndication gets put together. Uh, they're gonna, so they're gonna be putting that together with their attorneys, of course, but um, you know, they're gonna um, you know, make sure the team, the, the right team is in place to actually get this property up and running, and performing the way the business plan shows. And they're gonna be the one in charge of the business plan. Now, with all that said, they might have team members that help them through that whole process, but they're the ones that are in charge. They're the leadership group, okay? Uh, Then you have the limited partners, okay? Uh, So so with a general partner, typically you get a percentage of the equity just for being the general partner. So typically you get, you know, 20%, 30% maybe even 40% of the, of the property just for being the general partner, okay? So then you've got the limited partners. The limited partners are the money and they're the ones that are bringing the money into the deal and they've got limited liability. Um, and it's, again, it's, this, is, this is all as a general, when I'm going through this stuff and people, people are maybe making notes and gonna talk to their attorneys or somebody else that does syndications, this is all general. Okay, everybody can do it a different way, so you got to remember that as well. So, in general terms, uh, the limited partners have very little limited liability. If a tenant slips and falls, uh, you're not going to get sued uh, as a limited partner. Kind of like you got you know a stock, you know shares at Walmart. Somebody spills coffee on themselves, you don't get sued, but you do feel the uh, financial ramifications of that potentially uh your your stocks don't perform as well uh same thing with the syndication if if you get sued uh you're not going to personally get sued john but you're going to see less of a uh you know less of a quarterly check or monthly check or whatever it's given uh, that's going to go down so um so yeah the limited partners of the money people uh they're going to get their return and t- so typically all of the limited partners chunk together to do the down payment. Let's say that it's $5 million like we used in the pre- previous example. So $5 million equity. So whoever those people are, maybe it's 50 people. 50 people are going to make up the limited partnership and that's going to get 60, 70, 80% of the profits.
0: And, and you're talking about the equity and the, uh profits at the end of given any given period
1: yeah so you've got the monthly cash flow or the quarterly payout of the cash flow and then you've got the sale at the very end or the refinance or whatever the strategy of the building is so if you've got a sale in let's say 5 years you get the benefits of that sale and you get the benefits of the cash flow throughout the deal yeah and that gives you your return yeah um now there's one more uh, and and maybe more depending on how it's set up, but there's one more uh, player, and that's the the key principal or the uh, loan sponsor. And so a lot of deals, you know, if we're doing a big deal, let's say we're getting a 20 million dollar loan. Um, if you have a or less than a 20 million dollar net worth, it's going to be challenging to get a loan. And so you have to bring in what what are called key principles or loan sponsors to sign on the dotted line with you. And typically we're doing a non-recourse loan. So it's less um, risk, but it's still some risk. So usually you're giving up uh, some sort of, you know, dollar amount, some equity, whatever it might be for them to come in and sign on the loan. So, that, so that's another uh, player in the, in the syndication. And quite frankly, player in just any deal, even if, even if you're trying to buy your own deal um, and you, maybe you've got $5 million, but you only have a, you know, $10 million net worth. So how you're using half of your net worth to go towards buying that property, it's going to be still challenging to get a loan. So you might have to bring in a, uh, you know, a loan sponsor for even that type of deal. So, sure. mm-hmm.
0: so in any of the individuals that, uh are these different roles, they might be more more than one role at a given time, correct?
1: Yeah. So, so as far as like how I set things up, uh, my company is the general partner and we also are, uh, we're also going to be one of the limited partners. So we're going to invest it alongside our, our investors. Um, and typically, you know, depending on the deal, but, um, uh, or at least one of the key principles. Now, as far as I don't take any more, my company doesn't take any more money for doing that, um, but we would be considered one of the key principles on that on that loan. And then depending on how big it is, might have to bring in more key principles. But, and a key principle uh, oftentimes is a limited partner. I mean, oftentimes they're bringing money in the deal. They believe in the deal and then they go, hey, I'll sign on that deal. As well, if you give me an extra whatever two percent or whatever it might be,
0: yeah. You know, um, with a lot of the weight being on the general partner, I don't know if I don't know where you might have planned to talk about this, but um, you know, is there a succession plan should that person decide to move on, or if they if they pass away, um, what is the plan for? who's going to replace that general partner uh, after that type.
1: Well, you know, and I can't speak to this on, on a extreme, you know, higher level because I, I don't know what everybody's plan is, but you should have a backup plan. And so for, for instance, uh, my, I do have a trust set up and certain people take over certain things. Um, And so if, if I passed away, yes, that would be taken care of. Um, I would say two things don't die and, um, you know, make sure you're in it for the long haul. So but all joking aside. Uh, obviously dying. We can't, uh, <laughs> we can't predict. Um, but you know, the, the other part is if you're not going to be in it, well, why just don't set up a syndication. If If you don't plan on following through to the end and, and to the sale, just don't be part of it. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as dying, yeah, you should, you should have something in place. Uh, if you've got partners, of course, that would be, uh, you know, one of the things. Um, but even, even with that, what happens if all the partners are traveling to business and, you know, they get in a plane crash or something crazy like that. Um, uh, you should have that backup plan. For sure. Yeah. Hey, let's take a minute to thank our sponsor Pine Financial Group. Look, you work hard for your money. Is your money working hard for you? Because of inflation, money sitting idle erodes your wealth. Many investors understand that real estate is a great investment, but may not want the effort or the risk that comes with owning their own property. They want to sit back and have payments. Hit their bank account each and every month, stop eroding your wealth and start building it by asking your money to work for you. You should be earning profits while you sleep in investment backed by real estate. Pine Financial Group, the leader in hard money lending in Colorado and Minnesota was recently approved to offer their investment publicly. This investment offers only for investors in Colorado and Minnesota and is only made through the investment prospectus. Get your copy today. Simply visit www.pineinvestments.com and click to get started. There's a reason why some of the wealthiest people in history invest in loans backed by real estate. Learn more about the risks and returns at www.pineinvestments.com. It's www.pineinvestments.com
0: now that we kind of know the three key positions um, that would be involved with the syndication, you know, how do you go about putting these different people together and finding them and, you know, getting them all to be interested?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that, that can be hard, right? Uh, I think you probably come from a similar background as me. Um, You know, I, I grew up in a very middle-class home with middle-class parents um, that had middle-class friends. My friends were middle-class. I went to college and the college that I went to produces, you know, mainly middle-class people. Um, I went to become a high school teacher. So I'm surrounded again by middle-class people. And now by saying all this, nothing, there's nothing wrong with middle-class people. Um, In fact, most of my friends uh, still to this day and and my family are are still middle class. And uh, so there's nothing wrong with that. However, um, by virtue of being middle class, it means that you're not wealthy. Um, And so you don't have a ton of money. So essentially, you're surrounded by not wealthy people with a ton of money. A few of them might be frugal and might have saved up some money to be able to invest, but the large majority of them aren't. Um, so, you have to figure out, okay, how do I now surround myself also um, with wealthy people and i 'm not the type of person that says "Get rid of your poor friends uh, I know there 's plenty of gurus or teachers out there that say you know get rid of your poor friends and get new friends with money i I don't. I think that's crazy, but uh, get rid of your friends that are maybe Debbie Downers every day that you can't stand uh, being around, sure. But don't get, I don't know, whatever. That's a totally different topic. <laughs> but uh, well, it is, it is kind of related. I mean, it's just, I don't know, I, whatever. Some people like it. I, I personally, uh, I'm friends with people that I enjoy being around and I wouldn't be friends with them if I didn't do, enjoy being around them. So I wouldn't get rid of them. Yeah. Uh, just be, just because now I think I'm some, some rich guy, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But um, so, so anyways, so back on the topic um, you have to figure out, you know, how can you get in front of people with money? And the, there's a lot of different answers, right? But um, essentially getting in front of those people, I mean, making sure you're setting yourself up for that. So, who are you meeting? Who are you going out to meet for lunch? Who are you um, surrounding yourself with? Are you going to the right places that potentially could have wealthy people? And you're not going to meet wealthy people every time and just say, hey, I got the... Or tell them what you're doing. And all of a sudden, they're going to go, oh, hey, I got a $50,000 check for you. I'd love to give it to you today. It's just not <laughs> going to happen that way. And you would love it to, but it doesn't. So you've got to continually... Um, Be out there. Continually put yourself out there. Continually go to charity and networking events. Continually go to business meetings. Continually go to real estate meetings. All that kind of stuff. So, um, anytime you can get yourself into rooms with wealthy people, take advantage of it and be involved. And then don't be that you know nerdy kid in the corner that you know sits back at the dance and doesn't doesn't talk to anybody and doesn't dance with the girls because they're scared, get in there and mingle and talk. And people want to talk to you. People want to know what you're doing. You've got value to add I guarantee. Everybody's got some value to add. Uh, so get in there and talk and everybody loves talking about themselves. And, and so start asking questions and get them to talk about themselves. Once they start talking about themselves, then they'll naturally start asking you some questions and start talking Uh, to you uh, about you. And, and that's when you can bring in what you do and, and that type of stuff. Um, You know, the other thing is don't don't be pushy. Um, You know, some people are pushy and they get good results with it. For me personally, I don't like being pushy. I don't like um, being braggadocious. I don't, I I try not to. Um, It's just, I, I would rather be humble about everything and, and get people to ask me what I do and get people to ask me uh, if they could invest versus me saying, Hey, I'd love to have you invest. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I approach it right or wrong. Uh, I'm not sure, but that's just how I approach it.
0: So I, I'd like to just kind of point out that, you know, people come from different personalities, different backgrounds for me personally, you know, I'm kind of a, a naturally an introvert, but as a real estate agent, I've had to grow into being comfortable talking to people, uh, going to networking events, and just being open with what I do for a living. You know, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of how I make a living. So, um, in the same way, somebody that's trying to grow into being a syndicator is just going to need to become comfortable talking about you know, what they do. Um,
1: well, yeah, you know... I'm, I'm kind of a mix, you know, so I, 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 maybe I, maybe I'm a bit bipolar. I don't know, um, <laughs> but you know, I, I, that's actually, I shouldn't joke about that because people truly are. But um, for me, some days I just want to go to a meeting and don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to sit there and listen and listen to what's being presented. And I just want people to leave me alone. Um, but you got to get out of that. You know, so even if you do feel like that, at least go and talk to a few people and, and that way you gain a lot more value. So at every meeting, I, I would suggest at least make it a target, you know, whether that's five people right. or, or eight people, I wouldn't go much more than, you know, five to eight people, 10 at the most that you're having real conversations with. And it depends on how long the conference is, of course. But if it's, if it's just like a two, three hour meeting, honestly, if you talk to three people at that meeting, you have good conversations with them. That's probably enough. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, that to me then opens up, wow, I only got to talk to three people. Okay. I can do that. Versus when you go into a room and you go, okay, look around. I got to meet all these people in this room. I got to meet every single one. I got to give spew my business cards out to everyone. That's the wrong attitude to go into it with, and then then you, especially as an introvert, you're going to be intimidated by that. Um, so, so yeah, I just think you've got to go into it with the mindset of you. That's your goal when you go to a meeting. You're not going to learn the content at the meeting. You're going to meet and network with people, and just choose a small number. Choose a number less than ten, and pick that, and then meet those people and have good conversations with them.
0: So. Yeah. I was going to say something very similar. You know, I've gone to a few different uh, networking meetings and I see some people leaving and they say, oh, I've already heard this content. I'm just going to go away. Like, why are you, don't you realize that the purpose is to come and meet people? And Mm -hmm. how many business cards are you walking away with? You know, how many connections are you making? So,
1: yeah.
0: Say one other thing I thought would be good to touch on here. If somebody's brand new to this syndication idea, one thought they might have is that why can't I just advertise and put a ad in the newspaper that, Hey, I'm looking for money. Uh, Isn't that a good option for getting people to, to join your syndication?
1: Um, yes and no. Um, so the, the, sure you can, you can do that now, uh, with the new rules. Uh, you have to know what you're doing and get it set up properly, right? You have to do a 506C offering. You have to do, in Minnesota, you can do what's called a score offering or a Minvest offering. Uh, So these are different types of offerings where you can publicly post something similar to what you're saying. Now, the problem with that, though, John, is if you're brand new and you don't really know what you're doing, to try to do something like that, I think is going to be challenging. So I think you really need to have your own network. I think those are better served for people who actually have been there and done that. Um, I think it's going to be challenging if, if you're brand new to do something like that, to raise, especially if you're doing a million dollar plus raise and you're trying to get it all from strangers. I think you're going to struggle mightily yeah. with that. You know, I, I talk with a lot with, uh, with Zach Robbins, who's, uh, one of kind of the leaders of the Minvest and the uh, crowdfunding in Minnesota. And and Zach, you know, th- we've done several uh, raises in the state of Minnesota, and I think they just broke the million-dollar barrier. Um, and that's with several. That's with many raises, not just one. So you you think about it, it took them – I think that was enacted about, about a year ago. It took them a year to get a million dollars raised um, through several different raises. Uh, it's successful, which is awesome, but just shows you that there's challenges too if you don't know the people. So yeah, so yeah you got it. You just you really have to get out there and network. And the other thing too with with there's a, there's people that are introverted. Here's a we're in a beautiful era for people that are introverted because you just Facebook is awesome, podcasts are awesome, um, you know LinkedIn and and just whatever it's any kind of social media, just get your blogs out there, start writing, uh, start going go on to go bigger pockets and other, the other, uh, real estate networking sites and just start writing and start giving your opinion, positive opinion about things. And, um, you know, get involved in a couple of podcasts. You can get involved in podcasts where they don't even record your face. So you don't even need to, <laughs> you just need to talk. And, um, and that's so much easier than actually being in a group. So so today's age is actually it's actually not too bad for introverts, uh, where you can get out there a little bit more. So um, that's the other thing, whether you're introverts or extroverts, is just get your name out there, go on to the podcast, do do all that kind of stuff and start getting involved. So the more involved you be, the 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 better.
0: Yep. Yeah, so definitely, you know, getting out there and then you know, understanding that that this topic is is governed by the Securities and Exchange Commission, so that's why we're, you know, those different rules that you were talking about, those different offerings you were talking about, um, that's the body that governs this, and and that's why, you know, unless you register and unless you follow those protocols, you you can't just pull out an ad just out of the blue, and and go after that.
1: Yeah, exactly. You've got to know what you're doing, and and whether you're going to go public or or not. Uh, or private, you need to be sure that you are using a securities attorney. I mean, that's very, very important to make sure you're using a securities attorney. Um, And make sure you're doing things above board because uh, the last thing you want to do is have the SEC uh, breathing down your neck and trying to figure out what you're doing right or wrong and put you in jail and that'll be even worse but you know you want to protect your money or investors money uh and make so make sure you're doing it right so syndication is is honestly uh we talk about this topic because it's part of real estate investing and i just caution anybody that's going to do it to make sure you're prepared to do it and uh, make sure you learn about it um and and there's so there's other material out there that you can learn a lot about it and just continue learning in before you just go about doing it and Personally, I I like it and, and I think it's best if you've done your own deals and you have had your own money in the deals. And then while you're doing your first syndication, have your own money into that first syndication as well. So it's just to be taken extremely, extremely serious um, when you're dealing with other people's money to make sure that you can truly treat their money uh, with the highest regard, you know, better than yours. So,
0: yeah. Well, very good. Um, I think that kind of covers the topic that we wanted to cover today. Uh, are there any final thoughts to kind of summarize it?
1: You know, um, well, a couple things on, on, we we talked about networking. Um, you know, the, one thing I think I, I didn't mention is, you know, volunteering, um, it, you know, go out and get involved with, you know, charities and organizations and, and stuff like that. And, there's gonna be wealthy people in there, people with money. And not necessarily that should be if that's your goal, it's just to go there and you know get investors' money. I just wouldn't do it. But if you're going there for for the greater good of the organization and uh truly give back in a positive way, um, you know, you're gonna get that benefit, plus you'll gain the trust of others and potentially get a few investors or at least connections um that'll be positive. So you know. And the very last thing I would say is don't write anybody off. People can be very unassuming. Two of my favorite investors, or I shouldn't say favorite, but two of my investors that I like and respect a lot and who I've had as investors for quite some time, they they they're just very unassuming. You know, they drive the older cars, they live in the modest house, they're just your typical like middle class person. You never expect them to be investors. And uh and they're fant- just fantastic people. Um, and actually all my investors are fantastic people, but um, you know, it just again, you just don't you just don't assume something, you just don't blow people off just because you think, oh, they don't have money. Um, build those important relationships. Um, even if they don't invest the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to have a good, valuable relationship, uh, which is what life's all about. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You can really build some great relationships as you go about your business,
1: you know? Yeah. 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 And if, you know, if they don't have money, uh, like I said, worst case is it's going to be a friendship and, um, or it could lead to other types of businesses as business opportunities as well. So,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, You know, just to kind of wrap things up here for the listeners, if you are just checking in here for the first time, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episodes of what we call Hump Day Hustle. Uh, This is about the ninth or tenth episode in a series about apartment investing. And so we've gotten into quite a bit of detail about all the different steps along the way. And uh, if we covered a step and then we kind of missed one detail or a question that you had, we'd encourage you to comment right there either on the YouTube episode or on um, on Facebook. Uh, those are the main two places you can comment on on our content here. So with that, Todd, do you want to close us out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, and the last thing is go on to, you know, iTunes or wherever you're listening. Um, subscribe and you know, give us a five star rating and review if you can. And uh yeah, I appreciate uh, everybody listening and Make it every day a Saturday. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. A Couple things before we go. Again, go on to our Facebook page, Pillars of Wealth. We'd love to have you on there. Go on to iTunes, give us a rating and review, and subscribe to the show. Also, um, you know, don't forget, reach out to me if you want any help with uh, potentially growing your business, and reach out to John Styles to help you buy or sell real estate. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Have a fantastic the rest of the day, and as I say, make every day a Saturday.